The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast from the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, alongside Adam Logan here in the studio. And this uh, this week, we're going to go right on over to Mount Airy, North Carolina, to the Andy's Towing Hotline and talk to Benji Hicks up there with the uh, double nickel race cars and a driver himself and uh, see what he's got going on. So, uh, Benji, welcome to the podcast. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having us on and uh, look forward to it. Well, good deal. Yeah, we, uh, we've we seen you run a few times this year, and your double nickel race cars are uh, are uh, off to a good start here. I know you've already got at least one win there with Ross Bells at Screvin, so that's uh, that's going good for you. Uh, tell us a little bit about the background. We'll just start with that chassis brand that you've uh, that you've come up with. I know you're car number is 55 so i guess that's where the num- the name of that comes from and uh tell us a little bit about the uh, background of that and we'll start there yeah you uh <clears throat> you hit the nail on the head there the the double nickel came from um from obviously the number but the number came from football back when i was in high school that was uh my coach came up to me one year i was playing tight end and i was number 20 it was the closest thing i could get to 21 which was my dad's number and he uh, he set me down in the in the locker room there one day, and he said, "Do you want to win five games and get recognition and get touchdowns, or do you want to win twelve games and win a conference championship?" I said, "Well, obviously, I want to win a championship." He said, "Okay, well, we're going to have to move you to the line." I said, "Okay." So uh, changed my number to fifty-five. Um, that was my junior year, and then kept that number all through high school and uh was a captain my senior year and dad always hollered out double nickel and it always stuck and so when i decided to do this whole chassis deal here double nickel just seemed like the the best fit and it was going to mean the most to me in the long run so uh so that's where the whole name came from it actually originated back in high school that's cool to hear some of that backstory i bet nobody knows that so they'll hear it now right that's right absolutely <laughs> go ahead adam give, yeah so give me one. so yeah we i mean you are not just i mean you just didn't come up with this out of the blue but hey i'm gonna build a chassis um i mean you're I, i've known you for for many years now i met you when um when um, i was working at barry wright's on the house car um you were a, a fabricator there you you welded up you know chassis and and all sorts of pieces for the race cars. You help set the cars up, all sorts of stuff. So, um, you're n- you just didn't wake up one day and decided, hey, I'm going to build a chassis. So, where, what all did you do before making this step? Well, when I so- something else on the backstory is when I graduated high school, I actually went to college and with hopes that I was going to play football, and and those guys credit to them man it's it's a full-time job any any college level sport is is a full-time job and i decided that that wasn't for me and it wasn't what i was passionate about anymore and so uh so i actually moved back home and really had no idea what i was going to do 
had always been around racing all my life. It was a, it was a bad addiction that you get in your bloodstream and you can't get it out. And so I heard about this college program at Forsyth Tech and it was literally, it's, it's called race car technology. And, and I was like, well, that's right up my, right up my alley there. So uh, I went to college, got a, got a degree there at Forsyth Tech and a good friend of mine, still uh, Randy Butner, he was one of my instructors there and he knew some people in the dirt world and got me a job at Longhorn. And <clears throat> so uh, I worked at Longhorn for probably about three years or so. And then uh, decided to do a little bit of my own thing as far as parts and stuff, building nose frames and your T-bars and bumpers and hanging bodies and, and doing setup stuff on the side also. So I've done that for a little while and moved to South Carolina and was fortunate enough to work with probably one of the smartest men in all of dirt late model racing being Barry Wright. And, uh, I'm telling you, man, if, if you've watched the, the new film on flow there with JD talking about Barry as a mentor, he, he really is. And, uh, he, he set me down and, and taught me things that I never thought about and never really imagined what dirt world could, what the dirt world could come to and what it had been and so forth and so on. And so, Working with Barry was a it was a huge stepping stone in, in my program here. And then uh, things just went different directions than what I what I had imagined. And I moved back home to Mount Airy and it had always been in the back of my mind that I wanted to build my own chassis. I wanted to to have my own car and, and customers call me and order parts and, and make a living doing what I had been doing for other companies. And uh, years and years ago, my dad and my uncle, or both my uncles, actually used to build their own race cars right here in Mount Airy, and they were called H&H &H chassis. And so uh, so when I moved back home, I was like, you know what, I'm going give it, to give it my shot, and if it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. And uh, me and dad and mom sat down one night, and I told them what I wanted to do and what my game plan was going into it. And dad said, well, it's time to uh, either sink or swim right here, so... Right now we're swimming. We're uh, we're keeping our head above water. We keep working hard, and hopefully it keeps picking up, and uh, we can get more of these double nickels in Victory Lane here. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear all that, and it's and like I said when we when I started, I you know I've already seen Ross Bell's win that race already this year, and I know that was a big deal. But what what other accomplishments have you guys had? I know, and and I guess the other part of that question is when did these cars launch? I don't think they've been around that long, so. Um, maybe there's not as many wins that have came down the fold yet, but I know there's more to come. So like, when did it, when did you launch the first one? And like, who's, uh, who's, who's got these cars out there right now? The first one was actually, uh, the very first race was March madness of last year. Um, and it was the, we went and practiced about 30 laps the earlier that week over at friendship and then went to Cherokee and, we qualified 10th or something like that overall and got locked into the, <coughs> excuse me, got locked into the feature there through our heat race and was running sixth with about eight laps to go and the motor let go. And, uh, so we had to step back and we didn't have another super motor at the time. So we focused more on our crate program and we ended up picking, picking up about four or five wins last year on the crate side, uh, including the American all-star touring race. 
and uh, so we we ran really competitive at a lot a lot of races. We you know set quick time and won our heat race and was leading the fifty thousand dollar to win crate race up there at Virginia Motor Speedway, and then uh, the driver just screwed up and I ran right into the back of a lap car. But uh, you you race long enough that that kind of stuff's going to happen. But we've got. <laughs> We've got Ross in a car, um, you know, as you can, as you've seen, you know, got to win and he's ran really competitive. Uh, I really think though, one of the biggest things that I, I've seen as far as my chassis so far is we went down to East Bay this year. First time I'd ever seen the place and only the second or third time that Ross had ever been there. And I made two of the five shows there at East Bay and Ross made all five shows. And so that was that was a huge huge plus for us, and uh, I was tickled to death with that. And then you know we got Brian Nuttall. He's out of Georgia there, and he's got one of our cars. And he uh, had some tough luck there at Swainsboro. You know he's still learning it and making adjustments that he he feels like he needs to make, and then making adjustments kind of what I give him to do. And and so so he's got a we're working on finding the happy medium for him. But he went to Screven, you know, qualified really good and was running really good there in the feature. And I, I think he ended up ninth. So a top 10 first night out in a brand new car and first time that he had been in a car in almost two years, I believe. So, and then uh, I got some local guys here. Uh, a good friend of mine, Chase McCormick's got one. He's probably ran it six or seven times. He's still learning what adjustments to make on his as well, you know, so... Like you said, they're fairly new. I've got a lot. Uh, I got a lot of good friends and people that's around my racing that that are good company for these guys that have my chassis to lean on. And so I've got Matthew Duggins. He's got a brand new car. He just ran it at Harris this past week, and track conditions wasn't favorable, and he didn't want to tear up his car, so he pulled in. And then my cousin, you know, he's got his brand new car, and. Uh, he went to Cherokee for the March Madness deal and ran seventh. Really, the first race in it was at Sonoya the night before, and track conditions were, were not favorable at all there. So he didn't want to tear up a brand-new car there, but ran a good, solid top seven at Cherokee. And uh, We've got a brand-new one that's supposed to be leaving here tonight to run some of the Blue Ridge Outlaw stuff. And so, like you said, it's uh, it's a slow going. There's not many of them out there right now, but I feel like anywhere we unload, we can be competitive with the best of the best. And, you know, going down there to Florida and with Ross making all five shows and me making two of the five, I feel like that's a, that's a big plus on our side. Yeah, you were talking about Kendall Tucker there, right, your cousin? <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Okay, I just wanted to make sure the listeners realize that's who you were talking about. We got to give him a shout-out. Yeah, yeah we got to give him a shout-out. We got to give him a shout-out because he got on to me the other night. He was like – you got a podcast? I said, well, I don't really have a podcast, but <laughs> Armstrong does. I'm just here for, like I said, moral support. But, yeah, we're going to give Kendall a, a shout-out here. Well, we got to get him on here at some point, too. I had lunch with his uh, one of his sponsors there, Justin Prilliman, that, that Tour V, and uh, he's he's we're working on that. So we're going to get Kendall on here soon enough, I think. We can only do one. Y'all give him many more shout-outs. His helmet ain't going to fit. I know. We, he's already got a big old head. We so. can only do one at a time, so <laughs> – so we, we, we started a chassis. It's, it's brand new, you know, growing. You're getting more and more customers out there. Now, that's not all you do up there. Like I, So when I first moved down to North Carolina a few years ago, Benji was nice enough 
to uh, let me stay in his in his house for probably way too long. But um, <laughs> this man is probably one of the hardest working guys in racing. Um, man, he, you've got all – tell us about everything you've got going on in your shop up there. Man, we, uh, we do chassis repair. We do setups. We do bodies. Uh, any basically anything that you can think of racing wise we'll wire a car we'll plumb a car uh we offer tire grooving and siphon um and not only in in dirt uh chris fleming races at bowman gray there and i put a rear clip on his car uh you well last year year before last something like that and he went and won three or four races at bowman gray this year I built all the asphalt bumpers for for Chris and Frank and Luke when they go run their asphalt modified stuff and the Nerf bars and I'm telling you anything to do with racing wise uh, from parks to cars to wiring them to setting them up to basically anything we we do it all. Yeah, I've, I've seen a four cylinder in the shop too, so it's not just late models and big mods. It's it's any sort of race car. This man yeah, we we hung some we've hung some bodies on four cylinders, street stocks, renegades, you name it, we've done it. You're talking about even put some roll we put some roll cages in cars that race up there at V I R. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you got it you got it going on. You got a special talent to be able to do all that really, and it's it's it takes a special person to do that to be able to come up with all that and, and work on it and all that. So you're talking about this is kind of an off topic question, but you're talking about uh Chris Fleming and, and his sons and everything. And, and earlier in this th- conversation, you mentioned Randy Butner, your instructor. I know he races at Bowman Gray a lot too. Has that ever yeah. been something that you wanted to go uh, try one time, run one of those modifieds there? <laughs> yes and no. Yes, I'd, I'd like to go practice one. I just, if I was going to race a modified, uh, like a NASCAR wheeling modified, it definitely would not be at Bowman Gray. <laughs> It's nothing. It's nothing against the the racing there. It's just I don't like to have to hit somebody to pass them. Like I want my car to be balanced enough, and I want to feel like I'm a good enough driver to be able to pass you with a, without doing like a bump and run. So uh, so if I was going to run one, I, I don't think I'd run it there. I'd like to run it at a wider place to where you know you don't see many asphalt tracks getting the a top middle and bottom going, but if you could roll the middle and kind of maintain with them, you know, something like that. But Chris comes over to the shop about once or twice a week, or we'll talk on the phone at least once a week. And he's always, uh, you got me a car to drive. You got me a car to go practice. And it's, it's kind of been an ongoing joke here for several years now, but I'll always tell him, yeah, I'll let you drive mine as soon as you let me drive yours. That's right. <laughs> he don't, he shuts up then, don't he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Usually it don't last much. So usually the conversation don't last much longer after that. Yeah, I gotta go talk to Frank. Let me go. Let me, let me drive Frank's car. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you're talking about job security. Uh, to, you know, bumping bumpers and Nerf bars and everything. They race. They race enough over there that uh, for sure they're going to be calling you on Monday and Tuesday to fix their to build them a new bumper or Nerf bars. <laughs> it's pretty good job. Yeah, security. usually. Uh, yeah, usually when Chris calls me to get a bumper, it's uh, he orders two or three at a time. Usually it's two if it's just a you know a single race on a Saturday night. If he if he orders three, I'm like, so you got twin races this weekend, and usually nine times out of ten I'm right. So he always calls 
he'll usually call me on on Sunday evenings or something before he has to church and say, Benji, I need some bumpers. And I'm like, okay. So how many do you need? And and what happened? He said, well, I'm not thing off coming to the green. Chris, <laughs> you're the only Chris, you're the only person I know that tears the bumper up before you even take the green flag. He said, well, sometimes they just won't go. <laughs> I've I've seen that man race there. My gosh, he is he is on the wood when he's up there. He he'll go through the grass. He'll he'll use the bumper for sure. So no, yeah, we always see when. So I guess he don't care how he gets there. No, no, he don't. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Forward Bike Podcast. This is the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. I want to remind everybody that uh, Mike Wallace had a special guest on his podcast this week. Mike Wallace had Jonathan Davenport on Fast Car to NASCAR. He was on the show to talk about his upcoming start in the NASCAR Bristol Dirt Race, his career, and much more. You can download the show right now on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. I can't list, wait to listen to that one no, myself. No, that was, so. was going to be good, yeah. You, you mentioned it earlier, Benji, that, that documentary that came out. Like that was, That's pretty cool of letting people you know, get to see the, the other side of you know, JD. And I think a lot of people forget the other side of what these guys do. So. Yeah, absolutely. Even though they're on the road racing full-time and, and making a living holding a steering wheel, it's, they still got a family at home. They're, you know, they're still your average Joe Blow guy, but a lot of these fans, you know, don't get to see that. Yeah. And I actually, I've already watched it two or three times. Uh, the first time I watched it, man, it's like stuff like that really hits home. And, and I actually texted Jonathan and told him, I was like, man, you don't understand the relationship that you and Rachel have is, is such an inspiration. And, and when Rachel breaks down in tears there in the video, talking about how hard it is, like people, people don't understand that uh, how really hard it is, and and not only is he gone from his wife, but man, he's missing out with his with his kid too, and and the way that they handle things and the and the with the ranch they've got going now and everything, I I told him that he was an inspiration and how cool it was and how much I loved watching it and and you know giving the fans another another view of how the whole deal is. Yeah, I mean it. Like I said, being around you, I mean, you got two little, two little kids, and all, I mean, your your mom, your dad, your your cousins, and your sister and brother in law. Like, every, you are a family ran team. Like, you're, like I said, your little daughter runs. Sylvia Grace runs around the shop. I think she runs the shop. I, I don't know. You might need to give her that title. Title, but I think she runs that operation. Then your little boy Gavin. I mean, you are a family team for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's always been that way. Even when I was growing up, and Dad was racing before I had ever ever started, it was we went to a racetrack. This is this is a true story. We went to a racetrack one time, and we didn't know until we got there that you was not allowed to be in the pits unless you were 16 years or older. 
and that was something that we had never ran into, never had a problem with. And they actually came over there and told dad that me and, uh, at the time my sister was going to have to get out of the pit area because we wasn't old enough to be in the pits. And my dad looked at them and said, uh, you know what, if my kids can't be in the pits with me and enjoy the race with me, then we're just going to load up and leave. And it's nothing against y'all. You know, I know you've got your rules, but that's just how we race. And I don't, I can't remember for sure if we ended up loading up that night and leaving, or if they had uh, made us sign a waiver to where we could be in the pits. But either way, that's how it's always been. Um, when I was growing up, it was always, we were in the pits with dad set up on top of the trailer and watched him race. And, and now with me racing with my kids in the pits, they're always, you know, on the side by side or, my little boy now he's fell in love with wearing a helmet so he always has to have a helmet on and getting in and out of my car when when we're in the pits there so my little girl she likes to run around and play in the in the dirt and my niece hazley goes with us uh, a lot and she runs around and, and plays in the dirt and she likes to likes to be involved in it too so it's all a big family ordeal i got you i'm trying to uh i'm trying to build your family tree around in my mind right now so so uh who was your dad and i know billy hicks is is related he's he's what's your uncle because... yeah billy's my uncle and then tony's my dad and there's a third hicks brother uh mark that he used to race also and he he's gone to the whole fishing side and uh and kind of relaxing now and he's still involved in it he he has to have updates and he watches it watches the races live and always texting dad you know the track looks like this track looks like that giving driving suggestions and and i love i love having that whole deal you know even though he's not there he's still involved and you know we'll we'll go to some tracks and we can't go up at the racetrack and follow it the whole time so mark will text dad and he'll say you know the track looks like it's slicking and off you know you might want to snug up a little bit tell benji you might want to put four-wheel brakes on and screw something to the front and like a half pound just out stuff of the right like rear. That. yeah yeah so <laughs> so it, it's a big it's a big family ordeal man you know uh like i said tony's my dad christine's my mom my grandpa's been involved in my racing since i <laughs> since i ever started and um that's that's my mom's dad and then uh i've got my brother-in-law is my crew chief. My sister goes with us. She runs all of my PR stuff. She does the website and takes care of all the apparel. And then my cousin Carson always goes with us. <coughs> and, uh, well, let's see. <laughs> I was gonna say, I Grandpa goes with us. I've had uh, Robbie Stevens and his son, Bam Stevens. They go with us quite a bit, and they used to work on my dad's car. Uh, well, Robbie did. Bam, he's a little bit younger than I am, but. Robbie used to work on my dad's car when he was driving for uh, a guy named Butch out of Maya down there. And we used to go to Oak Level, and hell, it was me and Robbie and dad and uh, another guy named Carl most of the time. And that was about it. So. Well, it sounds like, uh, yeah, we, we know your family tree now. We can, we can draw, if anybody's listening and taking notes, they could draw it on paper and have your family tree too. Yeah, we got so the Hicks family. That's, that's a challenge for somebody. But, but what I remember most was, uh, Billy Hicks, and that's your uncle. And I remember him coming and, I mean, that was, you know, when I was growing up, I definitely remember seeing him race and, uh, probably your dad too. Just, but I really definitely remember Billy Hicks because I remember the, uh, big tobacco special hauler that he had. And, 
and uh, he rolled in at all these places around here, all the Carolina Clash races back in the early 2000s and 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 just everywhere. I mean, it seems like everywhere we went in the southeast, he was there to race, and he had that big, big uh, fancy – well, at the time it was a fancy hauler, but I don't know if it now would be – as nice as what there is out there now but anyway that thing was uh that thing was pretty cool it had tobacco special painted on the sides and and uh, and his car did too and he uh he always uh he always put on a show saw him win a few races here and there and uh he's a super cool guy I always and i always enjoy running into him and talking to him so that was what i remember from uh from y'all's family for sure back in the back in the day yeah, that's when uh, he was driving for Joe and Lynette Atkins here in, uh, well, I say Mount Airy, but their hauler and everything, their race shop used to be over there in Dobson. But, uh, but yeah, Billy was, out of the three Hicks brothers that raced, Billy was the one that got out and, and traveled, you know, further away, you know, with and plus with Billy driving for Kevin and Leroy there for a little while, he was, he was one of those guys that... Uh, they got out and ran more outside of the state. You know, we, we still traveled around inside of North Carolina and, you know, we'd go to South Carolina a little bit and Virginia, maybe West Virginia, but Billy was the one that was, you know, going to Kentucky and uh, Georgia and, and stuff like that. And he was actually getting out further and, and running these bigger races. So, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I remember that too. He drove the Rumley car there for a while too, before, uh, Maybe before it was made famous as 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 famous as it is now. Anyway, yeah, he was he was he was driving before Kyle Larson. Yeah, he he was just getting it ready for Kyle. So, uh, I mean, so we got the chassis brand, got your family all with you. But this year, I mean, you're over the past couple of years, you've been stepping up and doing more super shows, traveling a little bit more. What do we? Uh, what's the 2023 look like for you this year? Still not setting, you know, any any schedule as far as running a tour. Uh, you know, we had hopes of <laughs> going to the Bulls Gap race this weekend, and unfortunately, with the weather looking the way that it did, I, I'm glad that they made the decision as early as they did. So that way, if there was somewhere else racing, that that we could find somewhere to go and and not wait till the last minute to decide on canceling or having it, but. I was uh, I was really looking forward to that and uh, and still am you know with uh, in April but I want to run I want to run more super stuff just because I feel like in a crate car you you make adjustments but you don't make as many adjustments and so you you kind of get lost or you you get settled on certain adjustments in a crate car well with a super you know you might have to make some off the wall change and I feel like with with running your own chassis brand and, and trying to build a notebook for not only you, but for customers on these different track conditions that you're going to learn more in a super. Yeah. It's, it's going to cost more per the lap and tires and so forth and so on. But at the end of it, in the big picture, I feel like it's going to, it's going to be a win overall for us just because we're going to have this notebook built and we've made certain adjustments that we normally wouldn't make on a crate car. And, you know, we, do a different shock package that we wouldn't normally do on a crate car. And so these super guys, when they call and say, Hey, uh, you know, what right front or what right rear, or what kind of load numbers are we looking for? Or what kind of bar angle and so forth and so on, I'll have answers for it. And it's not going to be, I don't want, 
I don't want it to be one of those things where a customer of mine calls me and says, Hey, what do I need to do here with a supercar? And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I've never ran a super there. What's it similar to? And, and I don't want to not have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. When you, you start getting customers out there, you gotta, I mean, it sounds bad, but you might need to <laughs> hold their hand, but you want to have the knowledge to sit there and, and lead them in the right direction. So yeah, I think like, absolutely driving more, you know, getting out and racing more super races is definitely going to help you and help your program and help the chassis deal expand and get bigger and bigger for sure. Absolutely. And it's just like, you know, with this weekend getting canceled as soon as, as soon as dad sent me a, a message that it had been postponed, uh, me and Brian immediately stopped and, you know, pulled up dirt on dirt. Where where else is racing? Where else can we go? And and so if uh, if the weather changes and it looks like Florence is going to get it in, I think we're going to leave out Saturday morning and ride up to Florence to run. You know that five thousand dollar to win super race they got up there. And you know it's a it's a six hour drive for five thousand yeah. dollars. But at the same time, you know we plan on running the north south and and going to Florence for some bigger races eventually and later in the year. Or, or just later in our career in general. So might as well get some practice while we can and, and go race when we can and where we can. Yeah, that'd be a, that's a, I've, I've been to Florence many times. That's a, that's a really good racetrack to, to, you know, get your car out there and, and see what it does. Cause it usually gets slick and sometimes it has a big old nasty cushion on it. I would say Adam's probably got some good uh, setup notes from there. <laughs> they probably did a lot of testing up there. We, we tested that well, a few bit. Uh, if the cushion comes in, I think I'm gonna walk over and ask Josh Rice how yeah, to get just, in that place. Yeah, just go ask Josh Rice. My God, just just tie a rope to him and just hold on to him because <laughs> that that kid up there, he's he's unbelievable. I love watching him race that racetrack because when there's a cushion up there, he's it's something to watch. I think we talked about him last week ripping the deck out and the spores yeah. out and uh, just don't just don't get into the wall like he does as much. <laughs> Yeah, he well, still gets in the so, wall and wins, though. So. Just just have a breakaway on that right rear. Hey, sometimes wall riding does get you a win yeah. or get you into the chase one. Yes, yeah, pull a hell. <laughs> just I don't think a hell melon will work in a in a dirt car. <laughs> you might have to put yeah. some put some bumpers, some skid skid bars around there, which I think you can build some of those. I think you've got the capabilities. Just oh, absolutely. You can think about it. We can build it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, so we got, so going to go to maybe potentially go to Florence this, this, uh, this week. And so just for the fans here, just kind of Benji's going to pick and choose and never know where, where you might show up. No, there's a, there's no telling. We really, I think I've got maybe the next three weeks maybe four weeks scheduled so possibly florence this weekend uh next weekend we're going to be at bristol with the crate car uh the week after i think we're going to be at i-75 with the american all-stars the crate car as well and then the week after that we'll be at the bulls gap race but uh i'm probably going to hit up that kyle larson deal at bulls gap april the 6th and then uh Withfuls April the seventh, I believe, with the Schaefer's deal. So that's that'd be that's a good as far swing. As I know right now. I mean, yeah, you're, and, you're, and we're going to see. 
I mean, you're in a nice little area up there. I mean, like you said, it's not that far to over to Bulls Gap, and like you said, paying a hundred grand, you got the Larson race. It's twenty, and then you know, Withville's not that far from you, and so I mean, you don't have to travel very far, and the money's out there for you to go go get you a big old win. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, we just uh, we just keep working hard in the shop, and like I said, I feel like we can compete with them. We just uh, honestly, man, there's probably been two or three races that we've actually hit on all cylinders and you know most of the time if we didn't win we was very close to winning and so we're we're constantly changing stuff and you know sometimes we'll hit on something that might be decent and then sometimes we completely miss you know way out in left field but you'll have that and changing all kinds of stuff and and trying to build a notebook but you know, I, I had East Bay in mind, and that was always a track that I wanted to go to. And so we've accomplished that this year. And the next one that I've got circled on my list is sounds cliche because every driver in the country says it, but I've always wanted to go to eat, uh, Eldora. And so I've got that one circled on the schedule there and might uh, might try and go up there for uh, – for the Castrol 23,000 and, and then obviously the world and the dream and see how we run up there. And, and if we can run competitive and get a good notebook, we might go back for the, the Lucas oil deal there at the end of the year. At, at Eldora, they usually have a pretty good little rookie package. So if you've never been there before, you might uh, be able to cash in on some bonuses. If you, if you look into that, that that'd be a good deal for you to go up there. We'll be there for sure. So, Oh yeah. Can't miss Eldora. Well, maybe it'll be <laughs> Maybe it'll be enough to cover the fuel bill. <laughs> it usually is, actually. It usually ain't too bad. Yeah. It's usually, I mean, usually I think the rookie deal with all the points and everything, if you're the you know highest guys never race there, um, two thousand, three thousand sometimes at at the end of the week, and I mean you're racing, you know everybody pretty much. I told you years ago, you didn't listen to me, but I tried to get you up there sooner. But you know, with all the racing they got now up there, I mean, making a feature that that you know they all pay so. He's finally he nice. finally he finally listened to me. He's gonna go yeah, up there. Yeah, you need to go. It's good. It's a good good time. I, I've never even uh, never even got to see the place. I've never been there in person at all to watch or to race. So I always promised myself, and uh, and I've told my dad this, and I I told him, and I said I'll never go to Eldora to watch. If <laughs> I go to Eldora, I'm gonna have a car with me. Now there's a good possibility that we still might end up just watching. <laughs> But the car is there. The car is on the property. I'm not going up there without a car to attempt to be in that race. So my, my brother-in-law, you know, my crew chief, Brian Lewis, he, he's been a couple of times with uh, with T-Mac. And then uh, my brother, TJ, he actually got to go up there when they done the uh, the truck race at Eldora. So he was up there helping them, uh, helping the GMS team and, so he's he's got to be there, but he's never been there for a late model event. So uh, so they've got to they've got to go see the atmosphere, and you see the atmosphere on TV. But both of them told me that it's it's nothing like it is in person. So I'm definitely looking forward to going up there this year. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the only place I've ever as as a crew member or anything just get goosebumps. <clears throat> Always the World 100 when it was it was seven o'clock on Saturday. Saturday night when they line up that first heat race and they start singing the national anthem, the horses run around. You you're parked there on on pit road and it's like, all right, boys, it's go time. This is this is it. So yeah, go and experience it and and, and you know, 
Yeah, TV don't do it justice. No, I've said sure. that on here about numerous things. You really got to go to that place. I kind of, I kind of almost budget my year <laughs> vacation package around going to that. So it's a good time for sure. So, and man, I hate Bulls Gap got rained out this weekend. You know, you'd already mentioned that, and man, I the the weekend that they rescheduled it for, I've <laughs> I may or may not have a little bit of a conflict, but. I might have to put that off to go, you know, I was going to go camping that weekend, but now I might have to, that Bulls Gap race is really going to be a cool deal. I really want to be there to see it. So I'm probably just going to make my plans to be there. So. Yeah. Well, it, uh, when they came out with, uh, that it was rescheduled, the dates that they were rescheduled for was actually a conflict that of races that we did kind of have lined up, but there was, uh, a, I was actually going to step back and, I was going to run a 604 and a 602 at Carolina, and then they had a bonus if you was the highest finisher at Carolina and you ran both divisions, and then you went to uh, Horsepower Park if you was the highest finisher in both divisions, and you was the highest points man out of the 604 and 602 both nights, and you ran both cars both nights. It was like a $5,000 bonus. And so I was actually going to take a 604 car and a 602 car and run that those four races in those two days in two different divisions and try and go after that bonus money. And, uh, you know, now with it being rescheduled for the bulls gap deal, I done told dad, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. We're going to bulls cap for a hundred grand. Yeah. hundred grand is more no than doubt. five. Yeah. You make, I'm, you make the show up there. You got a shot to win it with that thing being a hundred laps. I mean, I was talking to, I was talking to another driver on the phone the other day. I won't, say who it was but he may or may not have won a race this weekend i might have just gave it away <laughs> but if you can if you can make the show in that deal and ride around there and be at the be on the track at the end you've got a shot to win that thing because it's that That's a race we were gonna going. we were gonna talk a lot more about bulls gap on here today and preview it until they canceled it today it sort of took the wind out yeah of we're like oh but, what do we talk about now <laughs> um but anyway that Honestly. deal being 100 laps it's gonna be like a nutrition race i feel like Honestly, though, like it, it feels like that a lot here lately. Especially like it, running a hundred laps at Bulls Gap, and you know these Lucas guys and World Outlaw guys, you know they run hundred lap features, so they're used to it. But in my mindset, for a hundred laps at Bulls Gap, like I'm thinking tire strategy, like you do at Gaffney. You no, know? I haven't been to Bulls Gap when it's been really, really abrasive. Yeah. But you know, you go to you go to Gaffney for the blue gray lap 60 like if you can make it like brandon overton said a few years ago in, in his interview he didn't he ended up winning the race and i ran second to him and he's like i didn't think madden could make it but if he could more power to him well lap 60 me and brandon both came in and put right rears on and it's it's a tire game and so uh so you gotta think not only stay on the lead lap how hard to run the car when to run the car hard how long to ride when to go and and keep the wheel spin down as long as you can so <clears throat> I, i'm you got to have some sort of tire strategy and driving strategy going into it but yeah like you said you can keep the fenders on it and the tires underneath you if you're in the field you've got a chance to win because sooner or later i'm sure at some point in time in those 100 laps guys are going to start popping tires you're right about staying on the lead lap too i don't think i thought about that but you're talking about 13 14 15 second laps around bulls gap and a yeah. full field of cars they'll catch the tail of the field quick so uh so you definitely do have to think about staying on the lead lap because if you go a lap down you're you're done yep 
So that'll be an, I, I'm excited about that race. Yeah, it's it's going to be, be cool. It's going to be a good one. It works out good for me now. I ain't got no conflicts now. I'll be there. <coughs> well, good. You can show us how to groove these tires to make them last for 100 laps. Yeah, yes, put, sir. put him to work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You want to... I did. Uh, was it two years ago at the Carolina Sizzler when uh, they had a they had a tie rule set and everybody was going to follow this tie rule and then they didn't have as many cars show up as they thought, so they had done away with the heat races. So it was qualify and go. And uh, last minute, man, they, they changed the tie rule and oh, we yeah. didn't have anything prepared. And so we had a 70 ready for the right rear, which uh, in, in qualifying – pretty much chunked the 1350 and it was trash and obviously i was the only one there was several other drivers up there complaining about the same thing so they were like well you can run a 70 on the right rear and you can run 1600 on the right front 1600 on the left rear and uh, and i'm pretty sure that's what a lot of people went with well i had no 1600s yep. i had 170 ready for the right rear and yep. so brian goes over to the hoosier trailer and logo standing there at the tra at the at the race car and we mount these things up, and I think there's two features before us and then us, and we didn't have a right front or left rear ready. And Logo grabbed one of the groovers and went to town, and Brian grabbed the other one, and they kind of met in the middle, and then one was siping while the other one was finishing up. And and so so Logo came in, and he helped Brian groove a, a right front or a left rear, whichever one. But yeah, we knocked we out, out two, there and, We knocked out two tires in those two features. We were We were just... Like you said, I was doing, I was grooving. He was siping. It was yeah. It was <laughs> it was intense there for a few minutes. I think he grooved two tires and siped two tires plus mounting them in about thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't no time to kill right no, there. No, the, it racetrack. was it was like they changed it and it was like go go get tires. And I started unmounting, come back, we mounted them up, and I started grooving. I th did you have two groovers? I. I I thought I was grooving yeah. one, he was grooving another one, and then all of a sudden we started siping. It was it was crazy. It was wild. Yeah, not only not only with the tire deal with the super stuff, on top of all of it, I was running the six oh four race too. Yeah, he wasn't even back you so, weren't even out there. You were out there on the racetrack I was, and I was on the I was on the racetrack in the six oh four and y'all was at the trailer getting tires ready for the super race. Yeah, I didn't even know what happened in the in the crate race. I don't even know. You could have wound up it winning a, that one, and they wouldn't even know to come to the. No, nope, we wouldn't line. even. We wouldn't even got our picture made. No. Nope. <laughs> Hell, I couldn't have got my picture made. I had to get back to get another car. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I think we were rushed for. Wasn't it supposed to rain too? Weren't we pushing for rain or something like that? Yeah, they had already changed the schedule around because that thunderstorm was coming in, and yeah. the. I think it was. I think I had to come in through the B main in the crate deal, and I was up there running the B main while y'all were finishing tires for the super because i had the super feature first and then i had to get in the 604 and that's when they had the ten thousand to win uh crate race and i think it got cut short by like 20 laps because lightning was within a mile of the of the racetrack yeah so. I, I think we had to end up loading the car up in the rain and yeah that was a fun night oh yeah always a blast oh yeah oh yeah fun nights well you got anything else adam I think I'm good. I think that's that's Benji in a nutshell right there. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, Benji, before we let you go, thank your sponsors and people that help you and everything that keeps your wheels turning on going down, up and down the road chasing these races, and uh, we'll uh, let you go. Well, first and foremost, my mom and my dad, uh, T&K Enterprises, they, they own the, the whole racing operation. Um, without them, I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I'm at right now, even in my business-wise. You know, they've 
they helped me get started and and with the, being a whole slow start they helped me stay afloat there before i got my got my wheels going but i gotta thank them first and foremost and then uh i gotta thank my grandpa south main street service center he uh he makes sure that we stay stocked up on some brake cleaner and rags and, <laughs> and stuff that we need at the shop and in the trailer there for going on the road multiple days in a row uh my brother-in-law brian lewis i uh, couldn't do it without him he's he's been a huge 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 help since ever since him and my sister started dating i wouldn't know i wouldn't know which direction to turn racing wise if it wasn't for him because you know there's nights where i can't be here and he can so so i come in the next day and he'll he'll have the car done or tires done or or shocks are laying on the on the table ready to be smashed and and so i couldn't do it without him and then this year we've got uh robbie stevens and bam stevens like i said they used to help dad years ago on his race car and and came aboard this year and uh i don't think robbie's missed a race yet and so uh so he's been a huge help with us he went down to florida with us and it's it's hard to do it with one crew guy and then the driver being working on it too so when you're going racing that many days an extra hand like robbie and and he knows what he's doing and been around it uh, a long time and and he's one of those guys that we can bounce ideas off of too so he's uh he's been a huge help this year and then i gotta think uh obviously bhr fabrication which is me myself and i and then double nickel race cars uh gotta keep throwing that name out there hopefully I can get that name bigger and bigger as, as the years to come. But then all my product sponsors, uh, Hooker Harness, VP Racing Fuels, Bill Steen Shocks, uh, Hendron Racing Engines with my crate stuff, and then Clements and uh, Clements Automotive with my super stuff and Cornet now. Got uh, got me a Cornet motor now. So got to thank those guys, you know, calling Glenn 9 o'clock on a Tuesday evening to ask him a stupid question that I probably should already know the answer to and he picks up the phone and answers right away and then so far uh, I've been able to get in touch with Jack anytime I've had a question with getting this Cornette motor so he's been a, it, both of them are, are great engine builders and both of them have helped me out a ton and then uh, <laughs> Who's Your Tire South with Brian this whole tire deal you know with everybody battling it last year we uh, we always made sure that we wasn't overfilling our orders but you know we got tires when we needed them and so i, I definitely got to thank him for that and like i said uh all the product sponsors along the bottom of this car here it's uh without them man this this deal don't go you know from fk rod ends to making sure we have fresh rod at rod ends and heim joints and all that on there and then barrett's warehouse uh with the whole chassis side of the deal they've been a huge help and uh and getting all my parts here and then tomcat and dayton lube uh trying to think willwood they uh i, I run the willwood rotors and then tbm the brake man jason smith he came back on board this year i, I used to run his stuff back in 17 and 18 and then uh then they were building a new plant down in florida and so uh, so they got that plant up and going and he got in touch with me and been back on tbm stuff this year and it's it's flawless stuff and you know he was telling me that they've got coppers that come in to get serviced or or do a rebuild on them or just just to check them out and they're 20 plus years old so definitely got to thank them and then um like i said vp racing fuels they they came on board in a in a huge way this year and helped me out a ton and and moving a lot of product for them and and 
through the business side of it and uh and so they you know with the personal side it's a, a huge help and all the guys that come in and out of the shop during the weeks when they can and and just stop by and say hello or, or call and check on you know seeing you around this weekend how'd you run you know you need any help in the shop this week and and then uh all my customers you know i gotta give them a huge shout out because with us being on the road racing all the time or, or working on our personal stuff sometimes, you know, they're they're lenient about when when they need to get their stuff and when they can come to my shop to pick up their stuff and so forth and so on. So uh, with them working with me and, and me being able to go on the road and race a little bit more this year than we have in the past, it's uh, it's been a huge whole ordeal, you know, with, with everybody scratching back and, you know, I help you, you help me kind of do everybody that's involved in my racing program everybody that's involved in my in my business side of it as well uh it's been a huge help well absolutely benji and uh, i know it takes a lot of partners and and help to do this thing and uh we uh we're just uh, proud to have you on here tonight man and i hope uh hope i hope everybody enjoys hearing this conversation with you and uh we'll uh do it again sometime hopefully yes sir absolutely i appreciate y'all having me on Yes, sir. Another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast is in the books for this week. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, for Adam Logan. Thanks to Benji Hicks for being on the podcast, and we'll see you next week.